Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we're including... No, uh, not including. I mean, we're including because it's all included. We're here to exclude things. No, no. What are we leaving out this week? (laughs) We're continuing... Not including, that's what I forgot, continuing our coverage of Sign of the Times Super Deluxe. Of course we are. Disc 3. Single mixes and edits. That's right. But before we get to that, I have a couple things. All right, go ahead. First of all, I'd like to thank Lynn. Okay. Because she pointed out that the artwork that's hanging on the amp on the cover of Sign of the Times, yeah, that which is what I tried to pinch in on oh, and look on, at on the printed book. On yeah. the printed book, I was trying to treat it like it was on my iPhone and uh-huh. not, yes, a, a real piece of paper, which it definitely was because <laughs> it did nothing when I ran my fingers over it. Um, that it's a piece of 3D wall art that hung on the door to the vault. Yep, which I didn't realize. Super cool. Yes. And I meant to mention it last time because Lynn did send that to us right after our first episode of Sign of the Times Super Deluxe coverage, and I forgot to mention it last time, so thank you. Wow, for, a belated thank you. Yeah. I believe we saw that face and sculpture uh, in the NPG Music Club room back in November of 2016 yes. when we were there. Yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still there. I don't either. It's been four years. Yeah. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. One of these days, once the plague is over, we can hopefully go back and check it out. Head back to Minneapolis. Um, and I'd also like to thank Laura Tebert. She is a listener and gave us this tip via Facebook. Okay. And she said that Neil Carlin, a longtime friend of Prince and one of the few writer, reporter people that. Prince seemed to trust. Uh He has a new book out titled This Thing Called Life. And in it, he refutes the idea that Prince didn't know who Dorothy Parker was. Oh, he thinks he did know who Dorothy Parker was? Yes, he said that he could quote, Prince could quote lines from Big Blonde, which was a short story by Dorothy Parker and did it regularly. So Interesting. Who knows Maybe how Maybe he the, forgot what he knew. I he didn't know what he forgot. I don't know. I haven't uh, read Neil's book, but... No, me either. I still have Morris Day's book to, to read, <laughs> which you gave me for Christmas in 2019. And it's been sitting next to a chair with his goofy face looking at me for now 11 months. Mm-hmm. I haven't cracked it open yet. You know what? I haven't read the memoir yet. I, I, keep, I start... It's... It's just tough. I can't do oh, it. It I feels found it sad. Very interesting. I didn't find it all that sad. I found it very interesting. It's very incomplete, but mm-hmm. it can't be any more complete, right? So I don't know. It just reminds me that he's gone, which I know. But then we get things like this, a whole bunch of new music, and I'm like, well, it's kind of like he's not really gone. I can kind of pretend that he's just yep. up there in Minneapolis. Still recording. Hopefully, we'll get many more of these to I come. So. I mean, at this pace, there's one every 10, 10 months. So, essentially, yeah, a super deluxe every 10 months, plus uh, originals, which was in June of 2019. Yeah. Then we get, so we got 
Originals and 1999 Super Deluxe and Sign of the Times Super Deluxe in the matter of like 14 or 15 months. Yeah. It's pretty is, impressive. It is. It's like rivaling Prince's own well, per, yeah. preferred release schedule. Yep. Yeah. Right. Well, this is the disc that I was looking least forward to. In fact, there was a disc of single mixes and edits that was included in 1999 Super Deluxe that we just didn't even cover <laughs> because we had basically talked about all of it already. But here, everything that's included is also remastered. Mm-hmm. The more I listened to it, the more I was like, I enjoy this disc a little more than I thought. Oh, good. But um, it's not... You know, certainly not an album. It's a collection of songs in the order they were released with B-sides. Right. It's an hour and 10 minutes and 54 seconds total. It's a long disc. 70 mm-hmm. minutes, basically 71 minutes of music. And I noticed that there is not a single song between the length of 3 minutes and 47 seconds or and 6 minutes and 13 seconds. Oh, they were all shorter than that or longer than shorter that? Shorter than 3 minutes and 47 seconds or longer than 6 minutes and 13 seconds. So there's, uh, you know, short songs and long songs is you basically it. <laughs> if you want a 5-minute song, you are out of luck. This is luck. not the disc for you. No. And then I wanted to remember, too, like how much music can a standard CD hold? So I turned to my friend Wikipedia to look that up. Because I also wanted to know it going into these vault discs that are just jam-packed with, you know, songs. So, standard CDs, they're designed to hold up to 74 minutes of uncompressed stereo digital audio, or about 750 megabytes of data. It can be pushed a little higher than that, upwards of 80 minutes, if data is arranged more closely on the disc. Oh. It's kind of shoved together closer. So, a little bit like vinyl, I think, if you Uh think of... You know, vinyl sounds better the wider the grooves are. You pack more music on it and the quality could suffer. Here we're under that. It just seemed like a long disc to me. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have nerdy anything else. Nerdy Facts with Josh. That's right. Excellent. I love Nerdy Facts with Josh. So I don't really have anything else to talk about up at the top. Up at the top. Okay. Well, we might as well start talking about music. That's then. right. So we first we start out with Sign of the Times, Edit. Seven-inch single edit. Mm-hmm. It was included on the hits in 1993, yep. The Very Best of Prince, Ultimate, and Forever. Um, it's not really significantly different as far as I could tell. Just, like, shorter. Still it has is. all the lyrics. Yeah, it's no different. It's not an edit. It's a fade-out yeah. towards the end. So you're... And this song has been, like you said, well included you could find this single edit in a lot of different places mm-hmm. already so here i guess the best thing you could say about it is it's remastered it sounds better so as it fades out uh to a length of three minutes 41 seconds versus the album version which is four minutes and 57 seconds mm-hmm. i did want to touch briefly on the fact that cat told a story about uh the cover of the single which was Cat in a pretty skimpy peach dress holding a big mirrored heart. heart. And the heart was like 100 pounds, and she was literally shaking while she was holding it for the photo shoot. And that a lot of people mistook her figure for being Prince. And she told a story. If you haven't listened to the official Prince podcast, (laughs) you need to download it and listen to it because it's a much better story there than you're about to hear from me. But that Prince's dad called Cat... (laughs) Sometime after the single was released, uh, which was on February 18th, 1987 in the U.S., and said to her, 
cat. And she said, yes, Mr. Nelson. He says, please tell me that's you on the cover of the Sign of the Times single. She said, yes, Mr. Nelson, it's me on the cover. And he said, oh, good, because otherwise I would have thought my son had totally lost his damn mind. <laughs> so even Prince's dad wasn't 100% sure that it wasn't him on the cover of the single, which is hilarious. Because if you turn it over on the backside of the single, Cat is playing, uh, holding the peach cloud guitar, wearing... Uh, tinted glasses and wearing the same outfit as she is on the cover. It's clearly her. Yeah, but I could totally see like Prince saying, let me put on your dress. Well, he saved dressing up like a woman for love sexy. Oh, well, that's true. Which would come a year from now, but this was not it. So yeah, like you said, this is just the album version that fades out after we'll call him Nate if it's a boy and it omits the instrumental drumline ending that Kind of was the hallmark of the opening of the live version of uh, the song, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, We covered the song in depth two episodes ago. Yes. When we talked about disc one of Sign of the Times. Yes. So, But this is what you heard if you were listening to the radio in 1987. Right. Which I don't ever remember hearing it on the radio when I was a kid. Oh, boy. I did. But, of course, I was waiting to hear it and listen to it and record it because the album wasn't out yet and right yeah super cool mm-hmm. all right so second track is the b-side mm-hmm. from sign of the times la 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 he 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 easy for you to he <laughs> so the seven inch single edit leads mm-hmm. it off at three minutes and 22 seconds mm-hmm. this has a co-writing credit with sheena easton yep so there was, for a long time, it was believed that there was a story that Sheena Easton made a bet with Prince that he couldn't write a song with la la la, he he he, but she gave an interview in 2012 and indicated that she had a, a larger role than that, that it was kind of started out that way. It wasn't really a bet. It was just, well, what am I supposed to sing? La la la, he he he, I love you, you love me. And he was like, I kind of like that. And so they worked, they built upon that. Right. To right. come up with the song. Yep. She said that he used to think her storytelling songs were amusing. Prince did of Sheena mm-hmm. Easton. And she was quoted as saying, I don't think other people did, but he used to think they were. So it reminded me a little bit of the story of Starfish and Coffee. Yes. With Suzanne. Um, and just maybe Prince getting tired of writing songs that he completely came up with. He was mm-hmm. looking for other inspiration, and this is definitely a case of that, too. So the seven-inch edit is just a fade-out from the next song on the mm-hmm. disc. So we could talk about the song, but we might as well talk about the full version, which is only 10 minutes and 47 seconds long. <laughs> That's it. That's all. They <laughs> edited, you know, seven minutes and 25 seconds mm-hmm. out of the song. What they cut out of the song would be twice too long to be a single right. on its own. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Yeah. This song also, this version of it, the shorter version, uh-huh. also appeared on the hits. So Yes. Yeah, which was going to be my next point was the most, one of the most exciting things about this disc is... La la la, he he he, highly explosive, 10 minutes and 47 seconds, I don't believe had been available on CD or any kind of digital platform up until now. Like you said, the 7-inch edit was on the hits and b-sides, but this full version 
was previously only available on 12-inch vinyl, right? which we have, but I'm not used to hearing it without some warm-sounding vinyl pops from mm-hmm. it being ripped from vinyl. Um, so this was exciting to hear, not only to hear it digi- you know, in a digital format, but also remastered as well. Mm-hmm. It's a banger, as you might say. <laughs> Got a little flack for that. <laughs> <laughs> what song was that? that was Housequake. It? Oh, was the banger? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. It's been two episodes since you <laughs> used the term banger. <laughs> okay. I don't know why that's an issue, but okay. It's not an issue. It's just a fact that I think deserves pointing out. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. Good. So, la la la, he he he. Uh-huh. Lots Prince, of dog and cat themes. Yeah. Prince is a dog singing to a giddy cat. Uh-huh. And I can't hear dog bark sorts of things and not hear atomic dog oh, in my yeah, head a little bit. Actually, you kind of sing atomic dog you along re- with the song. You really I can. I was thinking that this morning, walking and listening to the song. And I'm going, I kind of sing atomic <laughs> dog. Yep. George Clinton's yeah. wonderful, silly, fun hit. And, you know, they kind of bark in a mm-hmm. tune. Yes, and this was long before Arsenio Hall came onto the scene with his barking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did read that the dog bark. <laughs> is a Fairlight sample. Okay. So that's where that came from. If you were thinking it was Prince barking, you would be mistaken. Okay. That opens with this fun repeating guitar line at 25 seconds that just you would think would drive you a little crazy hearing it for another 10 minutes after it first comes on. But uh, I think it's awesome, this little rhythm guitar line. Mm-hmm. It repeats. doesn't get old. It how does, does not that, get old. I don't know. How does it not get old after 10 minutes? But it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, and then the repeating line at 28 seconds of yeah, that repeats throughout the whole song, too. Did I do that pretty well? <laughs> you did. It was very good. <laughs> um, that guitar line the mm-hmm. reminds me now of the guitar line in Blanche. the same but it's kind of similar yeah it's kind of close yep 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 um and we should also mention the only players on this entire song are prince with everything except what sheila e does which is some vocals and percussion Mm -hmm. and eric leads in atlanta bliss on sax and trumpet that's pretty cool yeah I really like when he says, uh, stroking your whiskers, causing a scene. You yep. can hear him <laughs> pouting. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like, it's so interesting how you can hear that. Yeah. You can hear his facial his expression. Yeah. Yeah. That's like complete emoting, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's just before verse three, where I thought the background vocals were super fun at a minute and 52 Mm. seconds when he says, knocking me off my four feet. And there's backgrounds where background vocals where he just kind of plays with that, knocking me off of my four feet kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I love the line. 
don't you wish that dogs could climb? Then we could have a funky good time. Says the dog as yes. the cat stays safely out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting how they like are warring with one another, but can't leave one another alone at the same time. Yep. It's like they kind of love to hate each other. Yep. Sounds like a lot of Prince's actual relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe he could have stood at the trunk of this tree, looked up at the cat and sang, if I was your cat friend. <laughs> Instead of a dog friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because he already is a dog. You'd have to be singing about being something else okay. for it to be as sweet and manipulative as it is in the actual song. Okay. He says, you've got nine lives. I've only got one. Yes. Very frustrated. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's right. It's so fun that, uh, you know, you think of Prince as this musical genius, part human, part, I don't know, alien angel, yet... He still knows things like, of course he does. Like cats have nine lives and dogs do not. You know, there's like just normal parts of being human that Mm -hmm. are revealed in this silly song. That's kind of fun. It's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking about that this morning as we like to think of him as this, you know, otherworldly creature, you know, something beyond. And he was a man, an extraordinary man, but still... Just a human being like the rest of us. He picked up on the same stupid stuff that we did (laughs) growing up. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I love how he starts directing everyone. Like at two minutes and 13 seconds, he yells out, Say it again! Before... Very desperate and funny, like making these calls out to mm-hmm. the band, which is twenty five percent him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and it's funny because once you get into the the longer version, after you've left the edit behind and yeah. you start going into the longer version, he, there's like sounds that he mm-hmm. picks out. Mm-hmm. Calls out the saxophone one yeah. time. Sax solo. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Sax solo. Lead line. Yep. Lead line. Then he whispers those uh-huh. lyrics. Uh, I'm picking up your scent. You mm. must be wet. Yeah. I was it's so trying, like I, dirty and funny and goes with being a animal. Yep. Yeah, and that's where the edit version kind of fades out. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, we get another six minutes of this uh-huh. from four minutes and 38 seconds to four minutes and 42 seconds. You can hear Prince playing the part of a dog licking his chops, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I know so the mouse sounds drive you nuts. A little bit. He's a dog. But he doesn't know better. 
Yeah. Well, and right under that, there's these really kind of sharp synthesizers mm-hmm. that are real interesting. Uh, then he gets frustrated by the bass player. <laughs> this is so great. Who was also him. <laughs> He's yes. playing bass. <laughs> Go ahead. He, you just going to do that line over? Just, uh, you, you, you <laughs> give me it. <laughs> Yo, relative, you just, you just going to play the, you going to play the bass, just, you're going to just do the line over. No, give me this. And immediately he goes like nuts. Uh-huh. And I think he says, yo, relative, at the beginning of okay. that, like yeah, at five I minutes think and so. ten seconds. Uh, I guess just an era specific kind of saying mm-hmm. your relative like yo man you're mm-hmm. just gonna play the bass you're just gonna do the line over give me this <laughs> and it's just like just i am are you gonna do that again because you messed it up yeah or just, just not uh, do more i think is what he's saying give me and the rest of the band cheering him on singing play that thing mm-hmm. yeah he sings with his guitar Always, it's a little bit of a, an erotic city bass guitar mm, solo mm-hmm. too at the six minute mark while this is going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be cool, Rover. <laughs> Don't bite nobody. Be cool, Rover. Don't bite nobody. <laughs> Which is because I thought he confuses me a little. Yes, it's funny and it fits the song. It's just a fun song, but isn't he the dog? Yes, but I think he's just kind of playing with it. I don't know if he's stepping out of it or if he's, this is like his internal monologue as the dog. Talking to himself. Be cool, Rover. Don't bite nobody. Yeah, like be cool, Prince. Don't make a fool of yourself. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. I think it's more of an internal monologue. Okay. Well, he laughs at himself similarly to... (laughs) Maniacally. Yeah, like on Super Funky Califragisexy. Uh, You know. At uh, six minutes and eleven seconds, we out. There's also some sound effects at six minutes and fifty-seven seconds. I swear is from a Madhouse song, and I went back through, tried to find where it is, and it's close to what you hear on Madhouse 13, the Paisley Park mix. Okay. Like from 5 minutes and 34 seconds to 5 minutes and 48 seconds. Sounds a little like what you hear in La La La, He He He, at about 6 minutes and 57 seconds. <laughs> there's a better match i just was not able to find Mm, it okay yeah that's not something i would have picked up on so thank you for pointing that out that's what i'm here for (laughs) literally the only thing i'm here for okay (laughs) well you know that's why you're here i Uh, mean yeah i mean i'm glad i said that's why i invited you to come do this with me great because uh Otherwise, it's just me talking about stuff I don't really know about. Or worse yet, just me. (laughs) No, that would be fine. (laughs) Seven minutes and 53 seconds, we get a reference to You Got the Look. Slamming. Uh Slamming. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. 
Yep. And I love his fast delivery of, if I was a dog and you was a cat, baby, i show you where it's at. Mm-hmm. Hey, little pussy, you sure look sweet, knocking me off on my four feet. Uh-huh. It's lots of fun. It is really fun. If I was a dog and you was a cat, baby, I'll show you where it's at. I really like how he's got this uh, guitar that's only in the right channel. Okay. And then he sings, I make my choir want to sing. I didn't realize that was a line. Yeah. I have a question mark next to it, and I did not uh-huh. go looking it up. Like at eight minutes and thirty-five seconds. Uh huh. Uh, yes. Well, yeah, I had eight twenty-eight, but okay. What is the enough? What is the line that you have? Um, I make my choir want to sing. That's much better. And I listened to it a bunch of times, trying to make sure I that make that's my what choir it was. Want to sing? Uh huh. I have written down with a big giant question mark next to it. I think I'm quite a limousine. <laughs> Well, which is from like Little Red Corvette, right? <laughs> yeah, or uh, this is supposed to be a safe place where I'm not mocked or laughed at. Oh, I'm not. I'm not mocking you. I'm just appreciating the silliness that's of it. That's what I've heard forever. So uh, <laughs> that's great. That it's. Um, what is it? I make, I make my, my choir, choir want to sing. Uh-huh. I think I'm quite a limousine. <laughs> There's a, what was there? It was a song. Oh, Trolley Car. That reminds me a little bit like of Trolley Car oh, with a lot of he, people inside. Oh, yeah. Tambourine? Yeah. Oh, tambourine, yes. Yeah. Trolley, Trolley car. car is a lyric. In, in tambourine. tambourine, yes. Sorry. I don't get there quite as quickly as you do. That's okay. Yeah. But I thought that part was really cool. Yeah. And then somebody says, <laughs> oh, we'll laugh at the end. Somebody get Grandma a man. No, a fan is what I believe they say. Somebody get tra- Grandma a fan. Oh. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you. I thought I heard it as somebody get Grandma a man. No, and then she says, thank you. And it was way funnier. Think, but, I mean, I think Grandma's hot, but not hot for a man. <laughs> <laughs> I think she I needs know. a fan. She's, maybe she still has needs. Yeah. I don't know. A little before that, at uh-huh. 9 minutes and 51 seconds, when the chorus is sung in the right channel, there's a tambourine. Oh. Since you mentioned tambourine, uh-huh. it's kind of a little shaker in the right corner, in the right channel. That I had not really... I'm sure I heard it before, but maybe the remaster made it more evident to me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Sheila E. who is screaming, somebody get grandma a fan, which is what I believe it is. And she has a history of wanting someone to get her stuff in her songs. If you recall, (laughs) somebody bring me my jewels. I can't go to the club without my... The black one! The black one! <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. This is very reminiscent Clearly. of that. But yeah, she's um, she needs personal assistance yeah. to fetch her things. That's right. 10 minutes and 28 seconds. At 10 minutes and 28 seconds, there's a big symbol, as you hear in the song It, during the rhythm oh. guitar breakdown. 
It okay. sounds like the same cymbal effect from it that's used throughout it. And then at the very, very end, I had not heard this on the end of the vinyl rips that I have. You can hear Prince call out, play that back. Oh. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Play that back. And I'm like, after almost 11 minutes, yeah, I'm, I'd be good to listen to it again. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. so there's this little tag on the end of it where uh, Prince calls out for someone to play it back. That's cool. Very cool. Very cool. Just a silly, it's interesting, kind of the yin or the yang to the Sign of the Times yin. Sign of the Times is very one of the more serious tracks that Prince ever recorded. And the B-side is one of the silliest, most fun, harmless jams. Dirty, yeah. Yeah, it's dirty, but not in an overtly. There's no, it's, no, it's not profane, right? Has it's, fun with you know innuendo, right? An interesting pairing there, mm-hmm. and to think that he had gone through all this with Dream Factory, Crystal Ball, and having to whittle it back down to two discs, and instead of including any of the outcasts from Crystal Ball, there's this song that's unrelated to anything that is picked as the B-side of the lead single for Sign of the Times. Yeah. Just because he'd just done it, and it was fun. It was probably fresh in his head. Then we have If I Was Your Girlfriend Edit, 3 minutes and 46 seconds. Again, I think this is just fade. It is a fade, and also um, lacks the... A uh, little intro part. Look at the bargains over right. here, ladies, and the yeah. church music and that kind of stuff. So this was the way it would have appeared on the album Camille and Crystal Ball without that intro mm-hmm. segue and without the fade out probably too. Right. So you could take this version and the album version and kind of make your make your own Camille make version, your Crystal Ball version. Oh, yeah, because okay. this one it starts on the two mm-hmm. again, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, it was also included on the hits and forever. Yes. So it has been out yep. before. Yep, but deserves a place here because it That's was right. actually the second single. Right. But yeah, fades out with Prince's spoken word outro where he starts to speak to his girlfriend to whom he wants to be a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Is it really necessary for me to go out of the room just because you want to undress? Mm-hmm. You miss the kind of dirty part of the spoke right yeah which i guess she kind of had to do for radio anyway but that's a song i heard sign of the times on the radio a ton i never have once heard if i was your girlfriend Mm. on the radio nope don't remember then we have the b-side to if i was your girlfriend yeah we get the Edit at 3 minutes and 31 seconds, and then we also get the 12-inch long version, mm-hmm. which is 6 minutes and 13 seconds. Yes. So, it was also on the B-sides. Yep. The edit version was. Yes, the edit was. And you've told this story before, I believe, on the podcast about how the song came to be. Right. Would you like to tell us? Sure. The abridged version, if sure. I've told it before. I think you have. To not bore anyone. <laughs> uh, so the story goes that Prince heard that Jesse Johnson, who had left the time, had a forthcoming album that was titled Shockadelica, but did not have a title track. And it was Prince's feelings that 
an album with a great title should have a great title track. So he did a little trolling, (laughs) recorded this song, and it was really kind of a joke to give the the impression that Jesse stole this title from him because it was also played on a Minneapolis radio station a couple days after it was recorded. So it was a few weeks before Jesse Johnson's album was released and a good while before uh, Sign of the Times was released. He, uh, yeah, I don't know how to say it. This was a a definite troll song. Well, it was a troll song. And my, uh, I read something that said basically that Jesse got up one morning and there was a cassette of the song on his porch, like, (laughs) hey, you should put this on your album. And Jesse told him, no, man, I'm good. I don't I don't want this. I don't need this. I did this by myself. I don't need to deal with it. And that made Prince angry because his trolling was... Oh, didn't it work? Was, well, because it was sort of like a, I'm going to give this to you because I can do it better than you can. Yeah. When it wasn't accepted, it kind of pissed him off a little Mm. bit and supposedly that's why he took it to the radio station because jesse said no i don't i'm Uh, not gonna put this on my album hmm. so and they didn't talk for quite some time after that until graffiti bridge stuff later yeah and i think there there was a there still is a little bit of a grudge there Uh, and to their credit the estates invited jesse to speak and Mm -hmm. he's been pretty open about what upset him about his relationship with prince Mm -hmm. man these this song and jesse's album and other songs on this disc kind of intertwine quite a bit because uh shockadelica contains jesse's own version of do yourself a favor Uh uh-huh Prince's version was on included on 1999 Super Deluxe, uh-huh. and uh, there's another connection that we'll save uh, for a song coming up here too. Okay, um, yes. I was I had to listen to the edited version and the 12 inch long version back to back a few times, and I believe this is the first time also. Just like la la la, he he he, highly explosive. Mm-hmm. That this is the first time that the 12-inch long version of Shockadelica has been available on a CD or digital format and also is remastered. But it made me try to figure out, well, where's the edit? Like, what makes it shorter? Because the short version of Shockadelica ends, it doesn't just fade out. It Mm -hmm. ends the same way that the long version ends. I believe I found it. Okay. There's an edit that occurs at the three-minute and two-second mark. The lights go out, the smell of doom, again is creeping into... In the short version of Shockadelica, after Prince sings doopie, 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 uh-huh. and then it cuts to the closing of the full version okay. and doesn't fade out. So I give them credit for some kind of creative editing here. I think it would have been very easy to just fade the song out. Right. But they gave it a proper ending with Prince's singing at the end, the kind of in the round thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, cool. which is really cool. There's also a, a cover version of oh, yeah. this song. Oh, <laughs> I, I'd almost forgotten why. <laughs> so it's by a band called Ween, and it was from 1990. And they had an album called God, Ween, Satan. Like God at the top, Ween in the middle. Oh, I didn't like realize that was, the album ver- that was the album title. I thought uh-huh. it was just artwork. It's, it's Satan is gotcha. like the bottom. Uh-huh. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, but their version is uh, 
Very dirty. Super dirty. But it's even <laughs> abbreviated. What is it? Uh, L-M-L-Y-P. Yes. Let me lick your... Kitty cat. Kitty cat. Yes. yes. It's a mixture, though. Of there's It's Shankadelica. Uh-huh. It had a little bit of positivity in it. It had uh-huh. a little bit of Cindy C in it. It had a little bit of Alphabet Street in right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting mashup, but it's kind of... Would you say it was like a little grungy, a little alternative sounding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like early yeah. grunge like alternative. Nirvana inspired mm-hmm. kind of thing? No, they, they would have been pre-Nirvana, I think. Oh. So Okay. That's uh, what it reminded me of. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Like the, very similar. Yeah. It's very dirty, but fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very dirty. <laughs> yeah. Made Prince look clean. <laughs> Uh, did you notice that it is the exact same beat as Housequake oh. in Shockadelica? No, I did not. Boom, 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 boom. Yep. Yeah. And the long version was included on the If I Was Your Girlfriend single. 12-inch. Yeah, yeah the 12-inch single. Yeah. Yep. This is another Camille cast-off also. Mm-hmm. So you can say it was written to fill a void in Prince's mind for Jesse Johnson and to troll him a little bit. And then he got inspired to put together, at least to make an initial configuration of a full album with his voice sped up to a Camille pitch. Mm-hmm. And here Camille is singing about Shockadelica, who's uh-huh. a woman that's even badder than Camille. Uh-huh. Y- yes. So there, it starts with these vocalizations. Which I also kind of think was a bit of a troll on Jesse, like, just try and copy this. Oh, try to try to hit these notes mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Good yeah. luck with that. Right. was kind of the feeling that I got from it. Yep. I was like, Ooh, wow, but they're awesome. Brilliant singing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then the delivery is so fun. This bit's on fire. Fate is sealed. <laughs> and you're so tired. And the reason is Camille. Yeah. The lights go out, the smell of doom It's creeping into your lonely room The bed's on fire, your fate is sealed And you're so tired And the reason is Camille, Camille, Shakadelica That made me, because it's a song about Shakadelica, which is a feeling Okay. Maybe a person, but also I, a feeling. I thought it was I he That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, he said it's a feeling, yeah. but I'm like, oh, it's also a person, like Angelica, but Shockadelica. Right. But yeah. the reason you're tired tired is not Shockadelica. No, it's, it's Camille, Camille uh-huh. which is who Prince is singing as. I don't know. Maybe Or it's like the self self referential lyric in a song in which he's singing as another person. <laughs> Which is like almost if I was your girlfriend level complex. Y- yes, it is. A, it's a very com- complex, but super fun. Yeah, yeah. And then again, Prince is trolling Jesse. Okay, in the yeah. lyrics. Yeah, she's got you tied with a golden rope. She won't let you play your guitar. She got you tied with a golden rope. She won't let you play your guitar. Because I guess he was involved in a relationship, had a small child, and uh, mm. he's telling 
Jesse, uh, you whipped man, and she has to let you play your guitar. But he'd called her a witch, so I'm like, well, how's he supposed to refuse? She's a witch. The girl must be a witch. Bitch. (laughs) He highlights it with bitch. Yes. Um, yeah, but the- then there's also a little admiration for her strength. Okay, that you know she's got this golden rope, uh-huh. which kind of made me think of Wonder Woman's lasso a little bit. Oh, true. It's so a golden lasso, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's can wield this rope. She's got this power over him. Yep. There's some admiration there, even if she is a bitch. Right. You know. I have to tell you, you pointed out, you came in here into our office one day singing this song and pointed out a lyric that I never got before, uh, which is right after the golden rope part, uh, where when he sings, when you've cried enough, maybe she'll let you up for a nasty ride in her Shakadella car. <laughs> and when you cried enough, maybe she'll let you up for a nasty ride in her Shakadella I never realized he was singing uh, about, you know, changing the name Shakadelica into Shakadella Car. I always thought he was singing, maybe she'll let you up for a nasty ride, Shakadelica. Oh. Like, kind of hitting the name of the woman in the song again. But no, you're totally right. He's singing Shakadella Car. Like, I, I don't know that he's ever done that in a song before, you know. So much. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm like, I gotta start naming stuff. It's like in community. We're watching community with our kids. Yeah. And there's the Dean. Oh, yeah. Who, ta- who like, puts yes. his name and everything. Yes, Mary and Ch- Dean Mess. <laughs> yeah. And Chang. Yes. He has Changnesia. Yes. I mean, he's right. like there. It is they like put that. their names in That's everything. True. That is and true. she's got a Shockadella car. Of course she does. Of course she does. That sounds magical, by the way. Like it, it could be like a cool <laughs> 80s van with one of those round windows in the back. <laughs> oh, a van. See, I would have pegged it more like a. Corvette. You're probably right. I yeah. just that's I'm pretty new to this lyric, so I'm just telling you what's in my mind now. <laughs> uh, I love I think another great prince line, three minutes and forty one seconds. Get up, you be laying on my guitar. Nasty bitch. Yes. Oh my gosh. So great. This is so fun. Get up, you be laying on my guitar. about the mouth bass sounds i know mouth sounds bug you but this was more like at five minutes and 15 seconds when he starts going bum 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 yeah it's an instrument it sounds like a synthesizer yes and it's just him like making mouth sounds and it's completely amazing being an instrument yes listen to this song in a long time either so um i'm maybe a little far removed to compare it to the remastered version but it just seems like that was much more noticeably the way he was getting that done was Mm -hmm. just singing it vocalizing it Mm -hmm. yeah 
And then you mentioned at the end, it's like a three minutes and 20 seconds on the edit and uh-huh. uh, later. I don't know exactly the time on the extended version. Oh, it's but like uh, five minutes and 45 seconds. Okay. He sings the lights go out, the smell of doom. And then you get the ending from that's used on that edited version where uh-huh. he's kind yeah, of in just, the round. Yeah, just a mirage. Yeah, and I loved how effective it was at conveying the idea that you're not sure what you're looking at. Yeah. Or you're not sure real? that you can trust your senses. Yeah. To accurately portray what you're looking at. It's a really interesting into a great word. Yeah, well, and to apply that to a, p- a person, mm-hmm. it yeah. just is so interesting. That's it's true. not just a a vision, but maybe she's just a vision. Yeah, can this be real at all? Yeah, maybe none of it's real. Right? Maybe she drives around in a shockadelic car because she's like Wonder Woman and with a golden oh, lasso, maybe. fictional. Or maybe it's not real. Maybe she's got a shockadella bike and she <laughs> rides that around with her shockadella helmet. <laughs> She's got Shockadella skates. Yeah, that could be. She's got a Shockadella skateboard. (laughs) I love this song so much. I want to stop talking about it and go listen and listen to it again. (laughs) Uh, So great. And the the fact that it ends after that, is it just a mirage round and him just saying Shockadella with the echo? Perfect. It's um, just a classic Prince B-side. That Mm. is, I can't, like, how do you have a song like this and not put it on a record? Because you're Prince and you got, we got how many more discs after this of stuff he didn't put on a... It found found a spot as a B-side and I think um, one of his best B-sides ever, period. Fair. Fair. It should be. It could have been an Mm -hmm. A-side. And you think of the pairing again. Sign of the Times backed with La 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 He He He. They're very opposite. Mm -hmm. With this... Single. If I was your girlfriend and being backed with Shockadelica, it's much more cohesive. You yeah, know, singing both and the Camille kind of voice, both are a little neurotic, crazy to a, to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, a little they, troubling relationships. Yeah, going on here. Uh, right, the psychology behind. Uh huh. If I was your girlfriend, and even a little bit of it in Shockadelica, mm-hmm. um, kind of go hand in hand. They match really well. So it's another successful A side, B side pairing to me, but for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. It's opposites attract and then samies attract. Yes. Yeah. Then we have, you got the look, long look, long look. This is, um, not the first place we've seen this song either. It was on ultimate. Yes. Um, and sounded good there here. It's been remastered. I have not gone back to compare this one to what's on ultimate. Um, but I thought Ultimate sounded great, and it sounds great here. It's called 12-inch edit. I don't know how you edit something to be longer than it was on the album. You're extending it, right? I would think. An edit is something well, shorter. unless there is a even longer version somewhere. Oh, elongated look. <laughs> Maybe so. 
The album version is three minutes and 46 seconds. Binocular look. <laughs> Telescopic look. <laughs> three minutes and 46 seconds on the album, and this long version is six minutes, 41 seconds. Maybe it's an edit because I think you can hear where the song is extended and where it cuts back to. It's almost like they took the album version and extended it rather than having a long version and cutting it down for the album. That's how this sounds to me in certain, in certain parts. Okay. We essentially covered this when we discussed the sign of the times concert film, because it was Mm -hmm. the only song on it. That's not live. And it's the version used in the video, which is really the the only very clearly lip synced part of the film. Right. Not performed live or mocked performed live. And it kind of explains Prince's daydreaming about the world series of love as he, dozes off in his dressing room yeah well, i kind of had a thought about that t- this morning oh i don't know i didn't have a very clear thought on it but i'll just throw it out there it was that there's a if it's a world series of love yeah men versus women yeah that means there's a winner and a loser that's true there's no tie that's why there's, there's seven no games, it's not, not six. it's you know it's not a partnership it's a competition it's a competition which rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, but I was like, it's still a really fun line. It's a fun line, but and it's also in line with his approach to relationships, not just in 1987 <laughs> either. I mean, there were fair. I mean, I think he would declare himself the winner in all of his relationships, mm-hmm. um, despite how things really turned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the look was the third single. Uh, it was released three and a half months after the album. And it reached number two, stayed on the Billboard pop chart for 25 weeks. That's amazing. And I most definitely remember hearing the song yes. on the radio and still do from time to time. Mm-hmm. So just to touch on where I think the edits happened, which is an edit to make it longer, which would be like a 12-inch addition to me rather than a 12-inch edit. But yeah, semantics. The first minute and 17 seconds is an extended instrumental beginning, and the album ver- version starts right at a minute and 17 seconds. Essentially, mm-hmm. we get this uh, the beat of You Got the Look and this kind of rhythm guitar line that he was really great at at this point between La La La, He He He, and this song and others, Blanche. And then it's also cut at three minutes and 21 seconds when he says, Slammin'. Mm-hmm. Slammin'. instrumental part that comes in and goes through four minutes and 59 seconds and there were a couple parts in here that i wanted to point out one is at three minutes and 57 seconds you get sheena easton singing the chorus alone without prince which as she described the song she did her lyric her vocals in isolation and didn't know she was singing against prince and because they did it so differently, it sounded so strange. Prince liked it, but we get a glimpse here of what it would have sounded like with just Sheena doing the, the mm-hmm. chorus. It sounds great. Um, and then my favorite part of the song, from 4 minutes and 20 seconds to 4 minutes and 35 seconds, there's this guitar and drum breakdown. Particularly from 4 minutes and 24 seconds to 4 minutes 28 seconds. There's 4 seconds there with a little rhythm guitar highlight, an electric guitar highlight that's kind of high-pitched and sounds super cool. I kind of wish that part had been edited to be even longer, Mm -hmm. if I use the vernacular 
from the title of this track. <laughs> Edit it longer. <laughs> yeah, and then right after that part, we get a shift in tempo at 437. Mm-hmm. And it sounded for just a few seconds there like Robert Palmer is addicted to yeah, love. Yeah, it does. It does. Like a lot. Yep. Like I was like, whoa. Yeah, you could sing it together. Uh-huh. That's true. They do yeah. have similarities. Yeah. And that came out in 1985. Yep. We also covered it in the last episode at about five minutes and three seconds with Prince's deep background vocals mm-hmm. behind when he sings, I never seen such a pretty girl look so tough. And his background vocals are like, I never seen such a pretty mm-hmm. girl. But he almost like doesn't really even sing it. Yeah, he just kind of. He kind of like gets close to the right sound <laughs> to sound like the right words. Which is very cool. And it was something that I never really picked up on until the remaster came out. Mm -hmm. And to its credit, the song does not fade out like the album version. It comes to a proper close, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes me wonder why did it have to fade out on the album? It could have come to this proper close there too. It would have actually worked to come to the close here and I can kind of hear the market. Look at the bargains over here, ladies, as Mm -hmm. uh, if I was your girlfriend. Yeah. Starts. And it kind of has that de-evolution of yeah. instruments is really right. fun. Yeah. yeah. You're right. That's a good term for it. Cause it kind of just sounds like all, everything's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the, I also really liked that final chorus mm-hmm. where you mentioned we could have kind of hear what Sheeny would have been like without Prince, but he's kind of riffing over it. Yep. And that's, what I imagine she thought was going to be the song. Oh, okay. That that final chorus with her doing the singing and then him uh-huh. singing unusually over it. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, doesn't he sing like now or something I like that? Remember. He sings over it. That's kind of weird. So, yeah, but it's it, but he's like singing the lyrics. But yeah, but they're off. not on pace. Yeah. Yeah. And they're different, and it's like he's just riffing over the regular chorus to give yeah. you something different there at the end. He does all over this album mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it seems a lot improvised to me, too, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't be surprised of. He was There was no fear of going in and trying something, and if it worked, keeping it, and if it didn't, then shelve it. Yeah. Got a lot of shelves. <laughs> he did. Yeah. A whole vault full. Yep. Then we have the Housequake edit. It was on the You Got the Look single. The B-side to You Got the Look was Housequake. Which is bananas. Why was Housequake? I don't know. I guess... Not uh, the lead single. uh, One thing they didn't edit out was the swearing. Right. Which I was surprised. It's a B-side. I mean, it got play in clubs and whatnot. Uh, but not on radio. Radio. Shut up already. Dang. I think damn would have been okay. It was the BS that would have been the issue. Yeah. But yeah, what a single though. That that would if you bought if you liked you got the look and hadn't heard the album, bought it and Housequake was a B side, I'd no. be like, okay, I gotta go buy this album. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 
So my fun fact on this one that I didn't realize was that Housequake was initially placed as the second track on the Camille album. Okay. And it was planned to be the B-side of the single Shockadelica. Oh, okay. But the single and the album both aborted, and they both ended up as B-sides to other songs. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. That's fine. It is fine. Um, we covered Housequake at length uh, <laughs> two episodes ago when we talked about disc one of Sign of the Times, and um, I'll bet you uh, the title of our house that there's nothing different about Housequake. It just fades out at mm-hmm. three minutes and 22 seconds. Yeah, I was like, it's not an edit, it's a fade. It's a fade. Yeah, the album version is four minutes and 39 seconds, and the edit is three minutes and 22 seconds. It right. just fades out early. Right. But if you move on to the next track, which was on the 12-inch single for You Got the Look as mm-hmm. a B-side, you got Housequake, 7 Minutes, Moquake. That's right. Which I love. 7 minutes and 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yes. It includes a sample somewhere of Jesse Johnson's song, Crazy. Yep. Which featured Sly Stone. And was on the album Shockadelica. That was what I was referencing yeah. earlier. Um, I had to go back and listen to Crazy. <laughs> I listened to I it listened right to, before we started recording. <laughs> then I listened to this song again, and it's uh, at a minute and 57 seconds to two minutes is the sample. <laughs> Further trolling, I think, of Jesse Johnson is the <laughs> fact that the part that's sampled is Sly Stone's vocal uh-huh. in the song, because he was a guest performer on the song on Jesse's album. It's not Jesse's vocals that uh-huh. he samples. He samples <laughs> Sly Stone's vocals, which, I, I mean, that can't be a coincidence. That's, <laughs> that's, that's another troll, for sure. Mm-hmm. Man, when I remember being a kid... Oh, a naive kid. And hearing this for the first time, like in seventh grade. Uh-huh. And being kind of disappointed that it was, I'm like, this is more like jazzy instrumental take on the album version. I was kind of hoping it would be like even more lyrics and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seven minute version of Housequake, which it kind of is. But I quickly grew to love it. And I still do. I was expecting, like I said, more lyrics. Um, I was like two and a half minutes longer than the album version. Yes. Give me that. But as is typical with Prince, you don't usually get what you're expecting. Um, this is basically like a new instrumental recording with the album lyrics worked in towards the end. Yeah. Um, also, the first time this has appeared on CD or digital format, and it's remastered. So awesome to have it, especially especially remastered. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Did you also see that there's a Razormade remix of Housequake mm-hmm. that did not make this set? It was commissioned by Prince, um, remixed by Joseph Watt, and Prince didn't like it. Okay. Maybe that's why they left it off of here. Uh, it's called Razormade Mix, but uh, it's also known as Housequake It's Not My Fault Mix. <laughs> I did see that one. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Did you hear the beginning of the song, Shut Up Already Damn, sounds... A little muffled compared to the album version in the 17 Sure, and he kind of stutters a little bit, like they stutter it. Yeah. Shut up already, damn! Well, but, As the song starts, which is the uh-huh. opening line, okay. sounds muffled to me. Oh. 
And the song starts when he says, damn, not Mm -hmm. after he says, damn. Right. So they kind of moved up the music Mm -hmm. a little sooner, which was a little surprising Mm -hmm. when I first heard it years ago. Just something different. Yep. Something different. Mm Mm-hmm. He says, Gilbert, get the party. But he says, oh, weird. I don't know that that's what he says. Uh, Like where he's singing underwater. Yeah, he's kind of sings it weird. Yeah. Like he sings it from the back of his throat. And he's kind of screaming it. Uh This is like at five minutes and ten seconds. Yep. I have no idea what he's yelling uh, with that underwater effect. So, in fact, I found a thread that I started myself on <laughs> Prince.org. How long ago? It was in 2002. Wow. So, 18 years ago. And the thread name is Seven Minutes Huh Quake. <laughs> and I was asking if anyone had a clue as to what he says here when he's screaming or whatever. And one person replied and said, all I can hear is Gilbert get the marshmallows. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I always heard was go for it, get up and blow the word, which makes no sense either. <laughs> and maybe it is just nonsense, but I um have to give credit for I mean Gilbert get the marshmallows. <laughs> That's as close as anything I could uh, get Okay. Well, I'll have to listen to it again. But Gilbert is probably Gilbert Davidson, who is credited as a party voice and was uh, security for Prince from 1984 to 1993. So maybe the Gilbert part is right. So I'm certain the Gilbert part is right. What kind of security detail... Involves marshmallow fetching. <laughs> I don't we gotta know. make some s'mores. <laughs> Protect Prince. Get the marshmallows. <laughs> How small is he? <laughs> How big are those marshmallows? <laughs> uh, just before that, there were a couple parts that I wanted to point out. Three minutes and fifty-four seconds. There's a little guitar breakdown. That's super cool and is new. Uh, and four minutes and 14 seconds, a new sax solo by Eric Leeds. Always good. Yes. And then uh, right at the end, there's some really cool guitars that are different in the left and right yes. channels. It's it like is. superb use of stereo. Yes. It's Excellent. at five minutes and 19 seconds when he sings, uh, shake your body to your neighbor, stare at ya. And those guitars start and they go on both sides, like through the rest of it. It's like, wow, it's really great. Shake your body to your neighbor, stare at ya. House square. Everybody, everybody right. jump up and down. House square. There's a brand new. That to me is one of that. What is kind of what I thought I would get for all seven minutes. Uh-huh. And it was kind of this jazzy, jazzy instrumental yeah. kind of thing um, until it got to the end and really took off, which is also cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, last point for me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> we skipped to Gilbert and they threw me off about the marshmallows. <laughs> At two minutes and 47 seconds, there's this smooth, undistorted, jazzy guitar solo. Mm-hmm. And from... 
three minutes and 10 seconds to three minutes and 20 seconds, I think you could pick that guitar up and drop it right into Sign of the Times and have it like fit beautifully. It sounds mm. like a guitar played on the title track. To me. Cool. to back us off. No, that's fine. Two minutes in time. Well, now I'll push, push us forward. forward. Uh, I could never take the place of your man, Fade. See, why is this called Fade 7-inch edit and Housequake 7-inch edit is not called that I because don't. it is the same thing. Also with the, the title track. Exactly. It was included on the hits Ultimate and Forever. Yeah, it's been around. Uh, no one was yearning for the I can never take of your the place of your man fade seven inch edit. No, but, but I appreciate that it, it was included. I for think it has to be included because it was a single completion. Yes, yes, and remastered. I have not gone back to listen to the difference between this one and uh, the previous issues of the edit. Mm-hmm. Um, but we covered how much better the entire album sounds at length. So. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it applies here, too. This was the album's fourth single in November of 1987. I can't even imagine in the last ten years of Prince's life him releasing an album and then six months later, half a year later, still releasing singles from it. Uh-huh. That was not his thing. No, it was. I'm sure that was Warner Brothers driven. Yep. Yep. Then we have Hot Thing Edit. Yes. Now I don't here. know why this one's not a fade either. Well, it does fade, but it does cut some parts into unusual oh. places that are okay. not the same as the album version. Also, okay. there are changes to it, whereas I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man starts to fade at the end of his guitar solo before the jazzy interlude starts. Right. Here, they move some screams around. Oh, and okay. And cut some sax solos out. So, this edit and the two remixes that follow were included on... The I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man single hot thing was the B-side to I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. Yes. There are three, four, four I say, four cuts. Namely, number one, the track jumps off to a faster start with some of the instrumentation up front from the album cut out. There's like a measure that's removed at the beginning. So the lyrics on this edit start at 22 seconds as opposed to the album version where they start at (gasps) 25 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Three-second trim there. All right. So then number two, from 2 minutes 49 seconds to 2 minutes 54 seconds, there's a print scream that's used to cover up another cut and edit to the song that is in a different spot. The scream is lifted from further in the song. Okay. to have for you number three three minutes and eight seconds to three minutes and 12 seconds the sax solo is cut short before the very final chorus is sung so there's an edit of the sax solo there and at three minutes and 30 seconds the song starts to fade out so they were able to cut a good two minutes of the song out okay it wasn't just a fade out. Okay. Well, see, this is why you're here, because I wouldn't have seen that. I went back and listened to this song, I don't know how many times, trying to figure out where they cut and move things around, but then it became clear the more I listened. Excellent. I see what you're doing to that hot thing. You're cutting <laughs> it up. 
Then we have the extended remix. Right. Weirdly included on Ultimate in 2006. I do not think of this song as a top-tier Prince remix. In fact, it wasn't even remixed by Prince. Nope. It was uh, Shep Pettibone and Junior Vasquez, mm-hmm. uh, which was the first time a single had featured remixes by an outside producer. Right. Prince, uh, with the exception maybe of Sheila E. remixing Pop Life, but I don't really count that. Yeah, she's kind of in the camp. These right. were outsiders. Right. Yeah. And Junior Vasquez would come back to do some other edits mm-hmm. uh, in, on future albums. I think he skipped Love Sexy, but he was part of, certainly did a lot of remixes for Graffiti Bridge in mm-hmm. 1990. So the yes. beat is reworked a little bit mm-hmm. here. It's more dancey and less less driving, I mm-hmm. guess, than the album version. It's a little smoother. Maybe. Hot thing on the smooth out cool tip. It's, uh, I thought it felt more rhythmic. Okay. Very club yeah. mix. Definitely. Which is was, exactly what it was. Yeah. But yeah. And again, it had a very club feel with the hot thing having echoes on it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially the repeating hot things, like around a minute to a minute and eight seconds. Mm-hmm. Yes. It bordered on a dub version to me. I agree. We get one of those later. Yes. This does contain all the lyrics, so I guess that's the real difference. The, yeah, I think so. There are some uh, there are some sax and synths mm-hmm. that are a very particular '80s style yeah. that are pulled into here, and they're they're really loud, and it's. The sax is almost shrill uh-huh. and felt very dated to me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I get, I can get that a remix, you know, mm-hmm. what DJs were doing with music in 1987. Yeah. It's probably going to, you know, be driven by fads and new, you know, trying to be innovative and that kind of thing. And then other people copy it and it becomes, yeah, like you said, a little dated. Mm-hmm. Um, at three minutes and 12 seconds after he says we could make a story of our own, there's a mm-hmm. guitar solo going on that's more featured in this remix. of it especially mm-hmm. that the guitar was brought forward because you don't really think of oh you know the guitar solo and hot thing <laughs> no i know the sax solo and hot thing <laughs> yeah and then i really appreciated that uh the it was preserved where prince is singing with it yes with the saxophone Sa- yes yep The interplay of Prince and the saxophone is preserved in this extended remix, and I appreciated that they kept that in because it's an easy thing to pull out. I think we said this in a a previous episode that a lot of people say that Sign of the Times is more of a Prince and Eric Leeds album Mm -hmm. than a Prince and Wendy and Lisa album. Yeah. Um, And Hot Thing is a good example of it because it's just Prince and Eric Leeds Uh on the song. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I appreciate the fact that it didn't fade out. Right. It kind of comes to like a drum, kind of a dated drum breakdown ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but sure. Not an amazing remix, but good fun. Yeah. Notable. Good slash fun. Right. Good and fun. Then we have the uh, dub version. Here we go. That's right. Uh, again, by Junior Vasquez and Shep Pettibone. Mm-hmm. All right, will you remind us briefly what a dub mix is, a dub version is? Heck yeah. This came up when we covered uh, Jill Jones and came upon the dub version of Mia Boca. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'd never once in my life taken the time to kind of look up what does a dub version even mean and why do you do that? We covered this before. Like you said, it's a style that consists predominantly of partly or completely instrumental remixes of existing recordings and is achieved by significantly manipulating and reshaping the recordings, usually through the removal of some or all the vocals, emphasis on the rhythm section, uh, the application of studio effects such as audio and reverb, and the occasional dubbing of vocal or instrumental snippets from the original version or other works. An early form of popular electronic music. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Wikipedia. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, it gets this, uh, it's mostly just beats mm-hmm. and the lyrics. There's a few lyrics, but it's mostly hot thing mm-hmm. worked into being almost a part of the instrumentation rather yeah. than lyrics. You're right. Which exactly. is interesting. It's not typically the kind of music that I'm going to seek out very often. But Yeah, but if there's a song you love and there's a dub version of it. You now that, now that you know it. what the purpose of it is, what right. the approach is, I think it helps. Mm-hmm. There's like a fake end at two minutes and 45 seconds, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. And I was like, I wonder why. Maybe it's just to like keep you paying attention. Yeah, or like the dance floor lights go dark for a minute and have some fun and then bring them back up. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's what I thought it was for. Oh, yeah. Um, Before that, at a minute 52 seconds, there's a Prince falsetto improv that is in the album version, but it's brought more forward and is featured. That's kind of fun. And then my notes on that breakdown the false ending at two minutes and 40 seconds made me think you could edit this yourself to make the song end here with the repeating hot thing hot uh-huh. thing. Uh, if six minutes and 53 seconds is too long for you then oh. that would be kind of a cool short edit version of this mm-hmm. dub and then i also thought that uh at two minutes and 50 seconds you could make a version of the song that starts here Oh. And cut out the kind of instrumental. You could have almost two edits of the dub version very easily. That would be kind of fun to listen to. That's pretty cool. I, I won't pretend like I didn't try it in iTunes and kind of liked it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, didn't do the edit, but I stopped uh-huh. at the false ending, and then I started it from the false ending and tried to envision them as two different remixes, and it mm-hmm. was kind of fun. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah and dissolves at the end to just a couple of beats. Yeah. It's interesting, but not, I mean, it was one of those like exercises that you do 
for something and you're like, well, I wouldn't ever like really use this for anything, but it's interesting to do it and understand. Uh-huh. There That's was a kind process of how I'm, and, yeah. Yeah. And I got a finished product out of it. Right. So like you might design something that you're like, well, I would never use this particular thing, but the way I did this might come in handy some yeah. time yeah, else. You'll and, figure out a process or a workflow that is, could be used later. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I would do that with crocheting when I was uh-huh. trying to yeah. learn a new stitch. I'd make a dish towel. Yeah, or you'd make a thing and then unravel it all. Uh-huh. And I would watch you with my <laughs> mouth open, <laughs> thinking you just spent three hours working on this misshapen, beautiful thing. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, I was just practicing a new stitch. Unravel, 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 unravel. <laughs> just like someone hit rewind, like Superman was flying around the earth in the opposite direction that it should be. Reballing yes. the yarn. Yeah. <laughs> I did think at 4 minutes and 47 seconds to 4 minutes and 49 seconds, there's a two-minute section, uh, a two-second section of, you can't, there's not two minutes between 4 minutes and 47 (laughs) seconds and 4 minutes and 49 seconds. It's just not possible. (laughs) (laughs) There's a two-second flourish of strings there that sounds new to me that I thought was kind of interesting and thought I would just point it out. But like you, it kind of, like you said, it ends instrumentally and a little unremarkably for me. Mm. I, what, there was, was it Entertainment Weekly? There was some review of Sign of the Time Super Deluxe that kind of, you know, built it up as this amazing masterpiece. And then, you know, kind of like, well, if you think you need four versions of Hot Thing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can kind of, I kind of agree with. <laughs> That's fair. These had to be included yes. um, on this disc, so I'm glad they're there. Um, but when you think of Prince remixes, I don't think you think of these as essential. No, but as a completist, mm-hmm. this is nice to have within the collection. Yeah, one That's disc fine. of everything that was released from the album to the public officially right. is kind of how I look at this. So right. it's cool to have. Yeah. All right. So that's all the music that we're going to cover. Seems like a lot now that we do it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I thought it was going to be kind of short. We always seem to have a lot to say. We do. I thought we, maybe we talk too much. <laughs> well, it is a podcast. So if we don't talk, then there's not really much point in yeah. putting microphones in front of our faces. That's right. Why are, why are these things here? <laughs> So we make choices. Every episode, we choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. The choice is up to the host making the selection. We choose a C, the low point. Not that it's bad, though it could be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, just the thing that didn't speak to us the most. Right. And then the mountain, the high point, the thing that we did like mm-hmm. the best. So these are my rules. So I go first. The time capsule for me was all the shortened versions because it seems like you're less likely to have these kinds of edits now Hmm. just because singles are done differently. Yeah. So I, I don't think that there's edits quite so much. 
if I listened to popular music now, I'd be able to comment on that, but I don't. So I couldn't tell you like if the last Bruno Mars single mm. was different than what was on his album or shorter than what was on his album. I have no idea. I don't think it's as common as it used to be. All right. I would think that maybe slightly longer songs on the radio are more mm-hmm. okay more than now norm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Where it seemed like they were just trying to get it under four minutes. Here. Yeah. There was a, there was a real, uh, understanding that we lacked the attention to listen to something for more than three or three and a half minutes on radio. Yeah. And I, I don't quite know where that came from because there were a lot of songs that were lots longer that were on albums and people listened to those. Yeah. Maybe it's about planning and commercial breaks and that kind of stuff. I I don't know. Where the heck are we? Am I supposed to pick a time capsule now? Yes. Okay, my turn. (laughs) (laughs) I went with the Sign of the Times edit because it was the first uh, most of the world heard of this album since it came out before the album dropped. Right. Amazing that this single was ready in February of 1987 after all of 1986 saw Prince direct and star in a movie, do a world tour with the revolution, and have the parade motion picture soundtrack, and then two months into 1987, he's got a solo single ready to go. Yeah. Um, so for all those reasons, I was like, well, that's that kind of tells me what we got in 1987 from Prince, and this kicked it all off. All right. Then we have the C, the low point. Right. Uh, to me, it was just the club versions of Hot Thing. Yeah. It's just... To me, they don't really elevate the song in any way. It's just not my style of music. So for me, that was the low point. Yeah, those were going to be my choice too. And then the more I thought about about it, I thought, you know, despite those, Housequake should never fade out. So get that seven-inch edit out of my face. I have no interest in it. Well, I'll never listen to it. I will never listen to it, period, yeah. after this. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, I might revisit Hot Thing remixes at some well, point, but I'm not going to go look listen to a fade out version of Housequake. So, okay, gets kicked off the island. Okay, okay, and then the mountain. Yeah, the thing that we like the most. Well, it's got to be Shakadelica, and it's got to be the long version of it because uh, I they're just funny and dirty. It's got this sordid sort of history yeah. between him and Jesse, the tr- all the trolling and all the, there's a good story behind it. The song is just, it's great. Yep. Guess what? I agree. Yeah. I picked the same one, although yeah. I hate not giving La La La, he he he, a I little know. bit of credit too, because it was great. And how often do you get a B-side from Prince that's almost 11 minutes long? I would take that all day long, but mm-hmm. Shockadelica, just like you said, the story behind it, the uh, fun animosity, mm-hmm. and the fact that you know Prince is posturing when he already has proven that, yeah, he can kick Jesse's ass. There's <laughs> no real reason to do this, <laughs> right? Except to continue to troll someone who left his camp and just keep picking at the scab a little bit. Uh-huh. Which is a little mean. It's a little bit mean, especially, yeah, it's it's almost a, a bullying kind of thing. But, but I think the, song's so the, the song is so good. <laughs> I think Prince was probably the victim of bullying a lot. So yeah. probably had a little bit of fun being able to, to become the bully in a sense. And he wasn't hurting anyone. Right. He was just poking fun. 
Right. Yeah. All right. So that's all we cover for today. What are we going to talk about next time? Next up, we're going to get into the real reason we paid $150 for this box set. Yeah. Which is the vault material. Yes. Starting with disc one. Um, now, these vault discs uh, were put together in order of recording, and they are jam-packed. They mm-hmm. are not set up like albums, you know, like conceptual things. It's just, let's line these things up in the order they were recorded from what they selected. So, with disc one containing 18 tracks, we're going to opt to cover eight, nine of them at a time. So, we're going to cover the first half mm-hmm. of vault disc one next time, mainly so our heads... Don't explode. Also, Vault Disc 1 is an hour, 14 minutes, and 57 seconds, pushing the limits of what a CD can even hold. Right. So uh, they did a good job filling it up for us, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to do it justice by tackling nine at a time, nine tracks at a time. That's fair. My editing self thanks you for that. Oh, yeah. You're very welcome. Happy anniversary. Merry Christmas, by the way. (laughs) Except this was a birthday gift, so whatever. Whatever. Uh. (laughs) He's like, whatever, your birthday is practically on Christmas, so whatever. (laughs) No, he's very good about it. But if you have a different high from this set of songs, or you think we missed the mark somewhere, let us know. What? What is... Let us know on social media. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea of Prince Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at... TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, happy purple listening.